And from the venerable offices of the Commercial Dispatch in fabulous downtown Columbus, this is your weekly Bully Benter podcast. I am Tom Rosinski, your Dispatch Sports Editor, along with our all-seeing, all-knowing Bulldogs beat reporter, Theo DeRosa. And we start with the obvious. Tomorrow night, here in Starkville, State Ole Miss Egg Bowl. Yes, sir. Big game. Mississippi State, 7-4. and four. Ole Miss, 9-2, and two, and number 9 in the country. That'll be at 6.30 on ESPN, and it's the game that pretty much everyone's been waiting for. Will Rogers, the Bulldogs quarterback, said it's the game that his team has been waiting for all year. It's the biggest game of the year every year, and it's going to be a big one at Davis Wade Stadium tomorrow night. And the cool thing is it actually means something. You're going you're to have a, a decidedly better bowl if you win this game than if you don't, especially if you're Ole Miss looking at a New Year's Six possibility. Uh, having both teams be this good adds something to the rivalry. The only thing it takes away is, you know, you can't get a shocking upset because no one's going to be too shocked either way. But to have things actually on the line, now it's not like there's a conference title on the line. They're both in the division. Without, you know, that's not going to happen. But if you're talking about a really big-time bowl versus a somewhat nice bowl. And that should motivate people who don't care about the Egg Bowl. Absolutely. Like you said, Ole Miss can probably make a New Year's Six Bowl with this win. Maybe even the Sugar Bowl. Mississippi State could make something like the Citrus Bowl if things break right and they win. And I think the winner of this game gets second place in the SEC West. Obviously not a conference title, but that's still a pretty good spot to be in at the end of the year. It is a big game with some big stakes, and especially with Ole Miss now being in the top 10 of the latest college football playoff rankings. Mississippi State actually dropping out. You think that motivates the Bulldogs a little bit to kind of not have that ranking? I think it motivates them to knock off a team ranked in the top 10. Uh, I hope teams don't worry about being ranked 22nd, 24th, or unranked, because let's face it, it doesn't truly matter unless you're beating one of those teams. Uh, But when you see Mississippi sitting there at number nine, I don't think you need any more motivation, obviously, but that's got to feel really nice if you can knock off a top 10 team, even if it's just the committee's version of a top 10 team. Absolutely, and Mississippi State, obviously, three ranked wins this season. Four, if you count, teams that have spent some time at all in the top 25. So they've shown they're capable of beating ranked teams. And honestly, you throw in some bad weather, you throw in a home environment, you throw, you throw in that this is the Egg Bowl after all. Like, There's a very conceivable path to a win there. Mississippi State actually is favored by a point and a half. What is the weather forecast for Thursday night? Rain. About 50 degrees game time and rain. There's nothing like cold rain. just isn't. Uh, and of course, both of these teams being as offensive as they are, uh, rain would really kind of mess things up as far as your ex- expectations go. They look at the state defense versus the Ole Miss defense, and you kind of feel pretty good. Yeah, I think so. The one thing that Lane Kiffin pointed out is that Mississippi State throws the ball a lot. If it's raining and cold, that may not be conducive to throwing the ball so much. But I think they'll find a way anyway. But whether they'll find a way to win, we'll see. And it's also a, a, a very obvious fact that we talked about a zillion times. They don't throw the ball very far. So the rain might not have as much of an impact on their passing offense as somebody else's passing offense. Um, now, the fact is they haven't played much in the rain. And you can't really prepare for it without actually doing it. But on the bright side, it could make the kind of crazy play these kinds of games are known for. It could. I think every game this year has been at least under dry weather, if not warm weather necessarily. So it would be the first rain game. I know Ole Miss said they practice a little bit with the wet football, but that can only go so far, and it's really going to come out to how they really play tomorrow night when this game is being played. But the bottom line is it would be fun anyway. There's a couple of extra things thrown in to make it even more fun. 
it, it's going to be a it, it really should be a heck of a game and if one team rolls over the other I'd be very surprised yeah, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I saw the ESPN SP Plus projections had Ole Miss uh, projected to win by about two and a half points. Then you put Mississippi State at home, and obviously you get the favorite there. I would not be surprised if either team won, but I would be surprised, like you said, if it's a blowout either way. And that's the way it should be in a rivalry game. Just a lot of times it's a surprise when it's close because you don't really expect one team or the other to be in the game, except for the fact that it's a rivalry. Today, they're both darn good teams, and if they both play well, it's going to be an amazing game, although the rain should put a tamper on you know, actually playing well. But competitively, absolutely. It, it should be a lot of fun, and you should not be able to turn your sets off early. Right. This is the, uh, the last Egg Bowl with both teams ranked in the top 25 is 2015. This obviously doesn't quite get there, but it's probably as competitive as it's been, or at least the two teams are as talented as they've been since that year. So it should be a really good game to wrap up the regular season. And as we've seen all year, when both teams play at their best, they're definitely among the top 20, 25 teams in the country. Just that it doesn't always happen every week because it's college football and it's not meant to happen every week. Speaking of which, anything from last weekend jump out at you SEC-wise? A lot of the annual cupcake games with a couple of other interesting ones. Yeah, I mean, I think the first one that jumps out is South Carolina pulling off the upset of Auburn. Obviously, Auburn playing with a backup quarterback. Bo Nix broke his ankle against Mississippi State. TJ Finley was in there. But the fact that South Carolina could go win that game, I mean, that's big for that program. They're already bowl eligible, and they'll take on Clemson this week. And speaking of Clemson, was it any surprise they beat the crap out of Wake? A little bit. I didn't think it would be that lopsided. I think I picked Wake to win, but Ooh. it is Clemson, and you can't really be surprised. This is a down year for Clemson, and they're 8-3 and three in the top 25, so things could be a lot worse. It's amazing. Once you set the bar, you just can't. You can't even miss it by a little, and people start to really question you. But Clemson's still a good football team, and, and Clemson-South Carolina might not be much of a game. I'm not assuming Clemson's going to roll over them, but I don't expect too much of a game out of South Carolina, especially since they uh, actually got up for this one. It's not easy to get, even for a rivalry game. You don't play the same way two weeks in a row. Uh, and Clemson, again, they're not going to go to a great bowl game, but they don't want to lose. The 8-3 and three is bad enough. They're not going to go 8-4. and four. They're just not going to do it. But the real winner in the SEC last week was Missouri, which got another coach fired. Missouri knocks off Florida. Dan Mullen survives the ridiculous media blackout. He survives firing longtime assistants. Cannot survive losing to Mizzou. That's right. That's because Missouri is such a great program, clearly. Uh, Missouri is bowl eligible at 6-5. and five. They take on Arkansas on Friday. But the fact is, yeah, if you're losing that game, if you're Florida, fall into 5-6 and six on the year, you're not going to survive that. Former Mississippi State coach Dan Mullen is out of a job. And, and think about this for a second. Obviously, take this year in a vacuum, it's been a disaster. But it was not that long ago they barely lost to Alabama. They were the first ones to show Alabama might be vulnerable this year, as a matter of fact. And then they lost to LSU and Kentucky and South Carolina and Missouri. So things kind of spiraled. But yes, you're not wrong. One year ago, they were in their third consecutive New Year's Six game. Now, of course, it didn't go well. I don't know if you remember it. I had to look it up myself. Oklahoma just drilled them. Uh, in the Cotton Bowl last year. But still, that's three straight New Year's Six Bowls, and you can't get through one full season with a grace period after that. That says a lot about where college football is these days. Um, but if you're around the program, you look at this. Two and nine in your last 11 games versus Power 5 teams. Two and six in the SEC. And it's been kind of a train wreck this season, and I think he's kind of lost control of a lot of things. And he probably did have to go. 
Yeah, like you mentioned the grace period, but just all the stuff around the program, his comments about recruiting, the media shut down. There were clear signs that this was coming to an end, and he's only got a $12 million consolation prize. Pretty nice to have that kind of buyout when you're an SEC football coach. I think he'll be just fine. Yes, he will. And it's not like he can't coach again. I mean, he's not that old. Uh, and he does have a track record before this year. And sometimes things fall into place and everything is right. And sometimes everything goes wrong and you can't handle it. And Mullen, for whatever reason, could not handle the things that went wrong in succession. And it just kind of became an all-consuming snowball. Where could you see him coaching again, Tom? Mountain West. <laughs> that would be interesting, yeah. Um, Utah State or something. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be at a, a program like a Florida for a while. Unless he wants to be a coordinator. Obviously, he's, he's, he obviously can be a coordinator. He's really good at that. Uh, but you can't lose control this quickly and have people think you're going to be a head coach at a high-profile, high-intensity level job. Where do we go next? Uh, if we're talking about last week's results, I would say Alabama and Arkansas. That was a surprisingly competitive game. Maybe not surprisingly if you're, you've seen some of the games Alabama's played recently, barely beat LSU and some other teams. Maybe that's a sign that the Alabama-Florida game, maybe that's a sign Alabama was struggling more than Florida was successful but Arkansas really hung in there with them. I want to credit Sam Pittman for pulling the punt team off the field and deciding to go for it late in the fourth quarter. I think he said something like, I would never forgive myself and these players would never forgive me if I ended up punting. So I think they had at least a, ch- a chance to win that game. And that's got to feel good if you're Arkansas. They're still in the top 25. And like I mentioned, they have Missouri, which is a quote-unquote rivalry on Friday. Is that a forced rivalry because Arkansas and they're now both in the same conference and they're geographically close together? You mean the battle line rivalry? Yes, quite forced. They have a name for it? Yes, and there's a trophy for it that Missouri certainly has, and it's just two state outlines on top of each other. But yes, quite a forced rivalry, but still kind of a rivalry, especially in other sports. And it could develop into one because after all, they are geographically aligned and they are now in the same conference. Um, Yeah, well, anyway... There are a lot of really good rivalry games, but let's just polish off last week real quick. Nothing surprising here. Uh, LSU beat Louisiana Monroe. A&M beat Prairie View. Kentucky beat New Mexico State, which was on an SEC tour for some reason. Georgia beat Charleston Southern. Oh, Tennessee, South Alabama was only 60-14. to 14. Uh, So in and, and one other conference game, Ole Miss did beat Vanderbilt. It was kind of a, a coast. I mean, they had 24 or 27 at halftime and just... It was never really competitive, but never really a blowout either. Uh, obviously, they are saving themselves for Mississippi State. Yeah, apparently they're gearing up for this game. They've got Jonathan Mingo back. He played a little bit wide receiver, played against Vanderbilt, I think, in the first half. He'd been out for something like six weeks, so to get him back is going to be big. Braylon Sanders will play another receiver, and Matt Corral will play the quarterback. In the ring. Okay. Uh, top 25 games last week, a lot of them were fairly routine, and a couple of them were not, including 56-7, to Ohio State's beatdown of Michigan State. Uh, Ohio State apparently finally impressed the committee enough to move up past Alabama, which finally had one too many close wins. Uh, but you expected Ohio State to win this game. They were big favorites, actually, in this game. I don't think anyone even who was high on them thought it was going to be 56-7. No, the fact that they could go up, what, 49 nothing at halftime against a purported top 10 team, that's a really bad sign for Michigan State. And I think it does speak to how talented Ohio State is year after year. Three really good receivers with Smith and Jigba, 
Uh, Wilson and Olave and CJ Stroud's really good. The running back Travion Henderson's really skilled. They obviously have a ton of talent on offense, but that's a beatdown. Like, they couldn't even score a point in the first half. I don't care that you gave up 49, but at least put something on the board. Ohio State's defense is not that good. Michigan State dropped to, what, like 18th or something? Or Yeah, they, they disappeared. I, I didn't even go that far when I jotted down the rankings. Right. Uh, yeah, they really fallen from grace. First, you lose to Purdue, but 56-7 against a team that you're supposed to at least be competitive with, that's not competitive. And maybe they're rethinking that giant extension for Mel Tucker right now. He hasn't been there long. I mean, nah, never mind. It's not important. Uh, then again, you know, people do overreact to the little slightest bit of success. Uh, and people do like to throw extensions around. It's hard to believe how often this happens. Uh, I would not overreact to playing Ohio State because when Ohio State's motivated, they're just that good offensively. But yeah, the seven on your, your end is a problem. Uh, Ohio State can bury almost anybody, but you can't only score seven points against them and, and consider yourself to be a quality program. Uh, otherwise, Notre Dame is still lurking there in the, I think they're number six right now because Michigan State obviously disappeared. They beat Georgia Tech 55 to nothing. Uh, Michigan 59-18 over Maryland. Uh, Cincinnati 48-14 over SMU in one of the few games people thought might be a trouble spot for the Bearcats and they just roll past the Mustangs. Uh, Okie State, not quite as impressive, but they shut out Texas Tech. Utah over Oregon. A lot of people saw this coming. Again, not the score. A lot of people saw this coming. Utah, even though they were ranked 23rd to Oregon's third, Utah was a slight favorite in the game. And uh, they played like a little more than a slight favorite, 38-7. to We will not hear any more talk about Oregon. And Utah's too far down in the rankings to talk about them. I'm sure it means something for the Rose Bowl or whatever, but... Unfortunately, where we are these days, no one really thinks about conference titles much. They think about who's going to be in the playoffs. But Utah, that was a heckle. It's a tough place. It's tough. Yeah, it's a tough place to play. It really is. And night games in Utah are just fun. Uh, it seems like it's not Salt Lake City at night because you think of Salt Lake City as being kind of a conservative, state place. They actually get into those sports. They really get into that team. They really do. And Kyle Whittingham's just a great coach. Uh, in the last top twenty-five game worth mentioning, Houston. Uh, they will be a ranked team when Cincinnati plays them because they dispatched of our old friends from Memphis 31-13. Yeah, Memphis has really kind of struggled a lot since beating Mississippi State. I know there was a controversial call in that game, and it ended up just being a two-point game, but Mike Leach and co. can't look back on that loss and think it was respectable because with every week that just looks worse. But again, Mississippi State has some big wins since then. So And it's really crazy because some of the wins they had looked better than they did at the time, NC State specifically. And a couple of the losses or close calls look worse. Louisiana yeah. Tech does not look like a very good close call anymore because they have not exactly been laying the world on fire over in what's left of Conference USA. Yeah, and Kentucky was a great win, but Kentucky struggled since then too. It's just all about how you're playing that week, and we should almost consider ranking teams based on their best effort instead of their seasons because, what, quite frankly, uh, consistency is not easy to find in college football, which makes it more fun. Let's be honest. It makes it a lot more fun. Uh, hoping for consistency in their coaching situations, our old friend Hugh Freeze will stick around at Liberty for the next several years. Uh, contract not revealed as far as I could tell, but it's going to be upwards of $4 million a year to stay with Liberty. The Flames will be moving into Conference USA, so at least they'll know who they're playing. Get ready for that Sam Houston State rivalry game. Maybe there'll be a trophy for that. Um, and he has done a legitimately good job. This is a program that was in, uh, an FBS infant He's gone 25-10. and 10. They were 10-1 and 1 last year. 
uh, beat Coastal Carolina in a bowl game. And we all were on top of Coastal Carolina being all magical season and everything. Well, they beat them in a bowl game. And, uh, yeah, you have the whole Jerry Falwell thing. But, you know, hey. And, of course, he says his own thing. It's, it's kind of funny how uh, a place that's, that espouses one thing seems to have a tolerance for other things. Hugh Freeze not the cleanest of hands, but he's doing a heck of a job, and he's just got rewarded for it. And James Franklin is no longer a candidate for anything, at least unless you want to pay a massive buyout, because Penn State extended him 10 years, $75 million. In case you were wondering, he's been there for eight years since leaving Vanderbilt, 67 and 32 with one Big Ten title. Yeah, he's done a respectable job, and that's a pretty obviously lucrative extension. Not Mel Tucker level, but Franklin will be there for a while, and I mean, he, he'll win you nine, ten games every year. May not get all the way, but you got to take that, I guess, if you're Penn State, and they're going to. Well, it's, more, it's also a matter of what do you get if he does go someplace else. I mean, he was tied to the USC job, he was tied to the LSU job. How seriously? Probably not that seriously. All this stuff is just agent talk. Uh, trying to get 10-year extensions for $75 million from your current employer. Uh, But either way, he was semi-in demand. We will never know for sure because it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, But his buyout is extensive and decreases slowly at first. Unless you want to fork over a few million dollars to Penn State's defense fund, uh, you're not going to hire James Franklin. Have we covered everything before we go into next week? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, this coming week, we already talked Ed Bowl. This is, oh, there's one thing that kind of ties in with this week's games. Mike Gundy once again likes to run off with his mouth. And he has suggested going into the week of Bedlam, which since he's been there has been a heck of a game. wasn't always that way historically. Uh, for you who don't know, that's the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State rivalry. He has suggested that rivalry might end when Oklahoma moves to the SEC. I would point out to Mr. Gundy, who often needs things pointed out to him, by the way, Hey, he's a man. He's 40. So we do remember that. Uh, this week alone, just this week, Georgia is playing Georgia Tech. Florida is playing Florida State. Clemson and South Carolina are playing. Kentucky and Louisville are playing. You can play a big-time non-conference rivalry game even if you change conferences. So my gut instinct is that Gundy doesn't want to play them either as punishment or because he's angry at them for leaving or just bitter, spiteful, and resentful or just wants to get headlines. I don't know what it is. Sure, it's some sort of combination of many of those aspects, but it would be a shame to see that game go away. We've seen too many games go away, and getting A&M and Texas back when they join the SEC is nice, but I don't want to lose another one to compensate for that. Right, Missouri-Oklahoma was kind of a rivalry, and that'll be back when the SEC, although I don't know how competitive it'll be, but it'll be back. It will be back, but... Now, we, the one thing we don't know, but I'm sure he wasn't thinking this far ahead, is how many league games the Big 12 will play. Because right now, they're, they have the perfect round robin, which no other major conference has, because they're all too damn big. They play everybody every year in the Big 12. They're going to have 12 teams, because they're losing two, but getting four. They can't, either they can only have one non-conference game, or they're not going to play everybody anymore. And Mike Gundy does not know how many games the Big 12 is going to play. So don't tell me now the rivalry is over. If you want it to be over, it will be. If you don't, you can find a way. I, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't like when people say things like that just to stir the pot for no reason because it's not going to be his call anyway. That's true. Yeah, it won't be up to him. But no idea if that rivalry will continue, but it would be good to see it still there. I mean, there's no reason for those games to just disappear. 
And those games are fun. They're good for TV. And not just for the fans in the area. People like rivalry games. They're fun to watch. You can't tell me people watch Army-Navy because they're good football teams. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. But that's not why you watch Army-Navy. And it's still one of the best games in the country every single year. I don't care how bad the teams are. Okay, so we have a couple of the games to think uh, not to spend too much time on. Uh, Texas A&M LSU, which also strikes me as kind of a semi-forced rivalry game, geographically logical. Uh, Vanderbilt Tennessee, which makes more sense, and the aforementioned Missouri Arkansas game are also all this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, LSU I think is going for a bowl game. They're five and six. Uh, A&M probably still has plenty to play for. Top fifteen, top twenty team. I think they can win that game, but if LSU's really motivated to go to a bowl, which with their coach on the way out, I don't know if they're going to be with all the injuries that they've faced. Maybe LSU wins that game. They've proven they have the talent to compete with some of those bigger teams. Tennessee should be pretty heavily favored over Vanderbilt. Expect them to roll right by them. And just Missouri's not on Arkansas's level this year. Arkansas has, what, 8-4 and four or something like that, 7-4. and four. They're playing with a lot of fire and a lot of fun and... They'll win that game at home, I think. Arkansas was one of those funny teams that sometimes played really well and sometimes looked like they hadn't met each other before the game. But yeah, you're right. Arkansas does have a talent edge and certainly a... a, a... Then again, can't assume anything. Missouri just got to be bowl eligible. Could that be a letdown that they're already bowl eligible? It could be. I mean, Missouri hasn't lost Arkansas in four or five years. Obviously, Arkansas is more talented this year, but there's a reason to believe they could keep that streak going. Sure. And uh, just the fact that we've had some of the conversations we've had today shows you there are just too damn many bowl games. But for those of us who love college football, you know you're going to sit there and put those games on, whether it's the Cure Bowl, whether it's that whatever one, whatever they're calling the one in Arizona these days seems to change its name every few years. Um there's no, I still miss the Poland Weed Eater Independence Bowl. That was my favorite sponsor of all time. Not the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla no. Bowl? No, because they also sponsor a basketball tournament. It's just not the They same. do. It's playing right now. It's playing right now. But you mentioned bowl games. I guess we should look at Mississippi State's projections right now. Absolutely. It might change a lot after the Ole Miss game. Probably will one way or the other. But right now, there's one projection that has them in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis against West Virginia. On good, December. For, good for fans. Short it drive. is. That's December 28th. Another on the 30th against Purdue in the Music City Bowl in Nashville. Another short drive. And one January 4th, which is the last bowl game against Iowa State in Houston on the Texas Bowl. Not quite a shorter drive, about nine hours. I hate the post-January 1st slash 2nd bowls. I just, I'm sorry, but too many bowls are afterthoughts as it is. Why have a bowl that's truly an afterthought? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only bowl that's after the first this year. Yeah, and it's by three three whole days. Yeah, but depending on the calendar, some years there are three or four, some years there's just one or two. But for a long time now, ever since the New Year's Bowls lost their, um, you know, what we all loved about them for all those years, uh, there's always been at least one, and that game is just. I'm sorry, it's hard to get up for another bowl game after New Year's. It just is. Mm-hmm. So if you're in it, you'll get up for it. And if you're fans of the team that's in it, you'll get up for it. But you really would rather play December 30th than January 4th. Yeah. Some of the other bowl games Mississippi State could play in, the Gator Bowl on New Year's Eve, which is in Jacksonville, the Citrus Bowl, which is, I believe, in Orlando on New Year's Day, and the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte on December 30th. You had me excited with the Gator and Citrus. Yeah, I had to save the best for last. That one's in Charlotte? Yeah. 
formerly the Bilk Bowl, if I recall, right? Mm, I think that's a different thing. I think that was in Charlotte. I think they're two different games. My God, there's been more than one game. In... Then again, there's more than one game in Detroit, too. Okay. Remember they had the Cherry Bowl for a while? And I don't remember that. I do. <laughs> Trust me, I do. We yeah. almost got invited to it one year. Mm. Took Army instead. Uh, and then, of course, is that the Quick Lane that's in Detroit now? Sounds right. Sure. We were in that, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a lot of possibilities for Mississippi State, and it really will depend on Thursday's game. Because we're 8-4 and four with a win over the top 10 team versus 7-5 and five with, I mean, five losses is just a big difference. It is. Um, if you're going to go to a bowl game, it matters a lot which one you go to. You have a lot more fun in some towns than others. But in reality, they treat the network, ESPN, which owns most of them nowadays, they're basically TV shows. So sit back, have yourself a little snack, a little beverage, enjoy a bowl game. But if you're going to a bowl game, you have a lot of reason to pay attention to these projections because some of these are really fun cities. And they, the Bulls do a great job of putting on a show for the week. They take good care of the players. They take good care. They provide things for the fans to do. It is a good time. Almost any bowl will do that for you. Just would you rather be in, say, Birmingham or would you rather be in South Florida on New Year's? Or Shreveport, which I don't think is an SEC bowl this year, thank God. Aww. Sorry, Shreveport. Poor Shreveport. But anyway, that should wrap it up, shouldn't it? Yep, just a quick note on the schedule. Uh, again, the Egg Bowl is at 6.30 on Thursday. There's a women's basketball game in Daytona Beach at 11 a.m. on Thursday. And there's also a men's basketball game in the Bahamas against Louisville at 8.30 p.m. So nobody's going to be watching that because everyone's going to be tuned into the Egg Bowl. But that tournament will continue Saturday morning. Mississippi State will take on either Richmond or Maryland to conclude the men's basketball Bahamar tournament in the Bahamas. And unlike Thursday night, you have no excuse for not watching on Saturday. It's a good tournament. Those are good teams, uh, traditionally anyway. I don't know what they're doing now. Uh, but that's a good field. Uh, get, a, get a better handle on how Mississippi State looks. Uh, most early basketball games you don't really see very much except for how the, your guys play with each other. But you've got a couple of decent tests coming up. And, yeah, it's in the Bahamas, but trust me, coaches know how to keep their kids focused in these games. Yeah, it's a step up in competition. Ben Howland acknowledged as much. The first four games were against teams outside the top 150 in the Ken Palm rankings. All three of these teams are in the top, like, 70. So it'll be a good test. Howland always says this, but he said he expects Richmond, Maryland, and Louisville to all make the NCAA tournament which with the amount of teams he says are going to make the NCAA tournament, can't possibly make the NCAA tournament. But these teams just might. Yeah, of course, you know, Richmond, you're thinking auto-bid. Uh, the other ones you're probably thinking you're just going to get in period, and there's only so much room for them. But certainly they, they could. We know that. He's not talking completely nonsense. Um, in this case, yeah, he, they could make the NCAA tournament, and that's all you can do in, in November and December is say they could. But anyway... That's right, folks. It is basketball season, and you'll have nothing but basketball to focus on between Thursday night and a bowl game. So get ready for it. Pay attention. Watch the game on Saturday. 